What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stories That Shape Us podcast, the podcast where we look at the stories that influence our lives and how that connects and influences our faith. I'm your co-host, Jared Hensley. Uh, yep. Yep. Oh. Also with Mixon. What's there going go. on, Mixon? There we go. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. It's it, been a minute. We've it been, has. We've it, been busy. Yeah, we've been real busy. So um, shout out. Thank you for everyone who... Listen to the first podcast. There was supposed to be a video out. We lost that file. Yeah. <laughs> and then the holidays came up, and Mixon and I, especially Mixon, like you were busy. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of random stuff just showed up like mm-hmm. last minute. So, yeah, but we're through it now. We're through it. It's the calm after the storm. We're we are now in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. First episode of twenty twenty one. Wow, amazing. So. What's been going on, Mix? What's been going on with you? And you pretty much just covered it, man. Just that? <laughs> just, That's it? Just a weird, busy December, and then took some time off. Well, I didn't really take time off because I was still doing some logo work for the January series that we're doing. Um, but I did it in North Carolina, you know, so stayed nice and warm inside through rain and snow and stuff. So I just hunkered down for a bit. Um, actually... It worked out really well because I binged one of the things we're going to talk about today. Oh, okay. It worked perfectly. Perfect. Yeah. Funny how things work out. Exactly, man. Well, on my end, also really weird December, um, really unfortunate story. So my dad, he the day that he was supposed to retire from work like permanently right, from his career, he finds out he has the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so he drove down here to Pensacola, where they now live and have a house. And when he was staying there, my sister and my mom came over and lived with us for about 10 days. And so his quarantine actually wasn't up until December 26th. Wow. Yeah. And so it it was almost like we had family visiting, but they were already in town anyways. Right, yeah. So that that was a pretty interesting dynamic. So we had a full house that's wild. for a good 10 days not to mention megan having uh, her internship about to start yeah. grad school all that stuff so oh my gosh yeah piled on very piled very on, busy bro. times oh my gosh yeah but it's good yeah we're all good and once again we're through it now we're through it <laughs> we're on the other side yeah it's a nice break mm-hmm. so today our episode last time we talked about our childhood yep today is going to be a really fun episode i'm excited about the topic we're going to talk about Movies, great place to start. We're gonna go over today some of our favorites, right? Some that are least favorites, and and then at the end we'll discuss on why these things. Oops, sorry, getting a call there. We're gonna Gosh. discuss why these things are important. What do the movies we watch say about us, and also how they influence our faith. So, without further ado, Mixon. Man, I, I will gotta, you please go over some of your favorites yeah, and hated movies? Yeah, so admittedly, this was I wouldn't say it was easy decisions for Jared, but I'm just a very undecisive person. Indecisive, indecisive. I'm also an indecisive person. Yeah, so it, it was especially hard for me, and I didn't even want to rank them, but I'm like, what's the point if I don't rank them? Um, so I'm gonna go over some, some honorable mentions first. Do you need to take that? Is it important? No, that's all good. Okay. 
I have some honorable mentions here, which I don't know if you still have it. We actually went and looked at the IMDb or the the Rotten Tomato scores mm-hmm. of some of these, and I'm sad because some of my favorites are just <laughs> they just absolutely bombed. Not only not only did critics hate them, but like regular people like me hated them, and I thought <laughs> thought they were great. One of my all time favorites is just a dumpster fire on there, apparently, but. I got some honorable mentions for you here. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh man! Do you remember that man? Of Uncle Rico getting hit in the head with a stake, could throw my it over the mountains. Short, short comment on that. My favorite scene is at the beginning where that farmer shoots the cow in the head in front of the school bus. I, I die laughing every time. That I can't is explain one it. of the most traumatizing scenes in the movie. <laughs> For those children, especially traumatizing, you're like, great work there. <laughs> uh, the Little Giants. You remember that movie? That's that's the main one that was absolutely trashed on Rotten Tomatoes, and it makes me sad. Because I used to watch that on like a weekly basis with my grandmother. I would go over there, watch The Little Giants, and it was just, that was like my perfect afternoon. Sky High, if you remember that. It was like a Sky superhero High. movie. It was like... That anime that's about Superhero Academy way before. And uh, I got Treasure Planet on there. I have a lot of Disney movies that I forgot were Disney movies, but I enjoyed a lot. Hercules, which is like my favorite Disney animated movie of all time. And then getting into my actual top five, I have number five, Black Panther. So as you know, Black Panther was, um, I discuss it regularly i would say that was my absolute favorite comic book character growing up so i was already way overhyped whenever they announced it but then like the casting is just crazy so i absolutely love that movie um number four i got lord of the rings two towers if you remember that one of course i remember it so i great great movie i was six whenever that movie came out but i was you know, my parents, like my sisters, were a little bit older. So my parents were like, Y'all can babysit. Well, that just meant that they took me to movies that were scarring as a child, pretty much. <laughs> so somehow I got into that. And I remember, like, there's this one scene where Legolas uses a shield, like it's a surfboard, and he literally ramps off and cuts off an orc's head. And it was crazy. It was amazing, though. Like, that was obviously just a, a quick snippet of that movie. But that was, like, the one thing that I remembered as a kid. Oh, it was so good. Um, number three, I got Harry Potter Goblet of Fire. Harry Potter was actually the one I was talking about that I binged uh, the past few days. And I forgot how good that series was until I actually watched it. And then I got to thinking about it yesterday. I was like, yeah, Harry Potter has to go up on my top five list mm-hmm. somewhere. Um <laughs> Number two, I got Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> All right, so a lot that's, of, that's my favorite Muppets uh, movie. It's amazing that a so lot good. of people would hate on anyone putting a Muppets movie in their top five <laughs> movies of all time. But whenever I tell you that movie, watching it as a kid, like it never got old. It had Tim Curry as the bad guy in it, and it's just man, it's. If you haven't watched that one, you just gotta go watch it. You gotta go watch it. It is hilarious to me. Um, now I'm getting calls. And number one, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Um, as you can see, I'm a fan of Star Wars. That's 
Uh, Jared is a fan of banks, it turns out. <laughs> this is my bank in Nashville yeah. that I had. <laughs> giving out free Yetis when you open an account, it's not a bad deal. Hey, that's a pretty good deal, honestly. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's my top five. I mean, I could we could do a whole episode, I think, on Star Wars. <laughs> And it's just a Star Wars themed episode. And it's not just us; like it's some of our coworkers. It's oh yeah, people massive. at church. It's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's made me even more like, like recently, I've gotten even more into it again. Because as a kid, the you know the original three, four, five, and six were just out of this world. I watched them on a monthly basis. I would go through them. But that's my top five. Nice. All right. So I have a couple. Honorable mentions. Right. So I have three. Number one is Glory Road, which is a lot like my number one, which is why I put it in my honorable mention. Um, but, I mean, it's a really good movie. It's a basketball movie. If you don't know what it is, it's about, yeah. I think, the 1966 Texas Western men's basketball team beating Kentucky. It's the first ever team to uh, win a championship that only played African-American players. Right. Um, so it's a really good movie, but there's parts of my number one movie that I just liked better. So better, that's yeah. why I did not make my list. Still a good movie, though. Um, also, Hitch with oh, Will Smith. Perfect. And what's his name? Kevin James? Is that his last yes. name? Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James. Paul uh, Blart Mall Cop. Yeah, that guy. Paul Blart. Yeah. It's, that was a really good movie. That was one of those that... I watched on road trips, which is was into oh, my criteria yes. of the movies I picked. A lot of these were in my rotation whenever we would yes. go on long road Same trips. For mine. Um, and then, who almost said one of my least favorite. <laughs> and then it's uh, Indiana <laughs> Jones: Raiders of the Lost Ark. Classic. Um, another classic movie. I'm a big action hero or action movie person. Um, so you throw in history with that because I love yeah. history. I mean, that's a killer combo. And then also, I forgot I had one more, and that's The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Dennis Quaid yes. fan. And I remember those was one of those movies. My dad sat me down. I was like, you got to watch this movie. <laughs> yes. It's a very heartwarming story. Yeah. 44-year-old making it to the bigs. <laughs> Man. That, <laughs> or at least I think he was 44. He was in his 40s. Yeah, something like that. That movie and all of those similar ones were hilarious and weird and yeah and they're all made by disney odd enough <laughs> yes. disney made every single and one of those none of them should be a disney approved movie <laughs> if i'm remembering correctly from what i'm remembering the main scene from the rookie i remember is when he is on the side of the road throwing baseballs by a police speedometer yes to see if he's still got the arm yes i think it was like lying to him and he left it so like 94 miles an right, hour yeah Oh, every every time I go by a speedometer now, I want to do that. <laughs> Just to see. Would it even register? I, I really don't know. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> Show it 20 miles an hour. And that's <laughs> probably Disney magic. <laughs> um, so going on to my top five, number five for me was the number one for you. Star Wars mm. Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. And I'm actually one of the people, I, I sprinkled in this, I actually liked the prequels. I do have a lot of problems with them, but I still like them, right, yeah. mainly because I grew up with them. Uh, number four for me, Spider-Man 2002 Yeah, you... with Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. Whenever Jared told me he was going to put that on the list, I, just, <laughs> I was just thinking of all the superhero movies, you choose the one that Macho Man Randy Savage is a villain in. 
For, like, he's a villain for like I 10 know, minutes. but come on, man. 10 minutes. 10 minutes of screen time for a wrestler. I wouldn't even would. say he's a villain. He was just a random character. Yeah. I don't know. What I, was his name? Bonesaw? Yeah, Bonesaw. <laughs> and all the crowd had like the plastic yes. saws. They were sawing off their arms. <laughs> no, but I'm a, a huge Spider-Man fan. And that one came out when I was... If it's 2002, I was either in the first or second grade. And I just loved it. I loved it. I thought that at the time, I was like, man, the casting is just like the characters on the TV show that was out. Right. And I learned real quickly when I went to college and started debating about Spider-Man with my friends that a lot of them had read the comics, and I had not. So I decided to shut up, and maybe I was wrong. Yeah. But I still love the movie. And yeah. oddly enough, it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which Mixon is absolutely disgusted about, and I, had, I think is amazing. I had to just go and check that they did give uh, Spider-Man Homecoming a higher critic rating. It is a better movie. And it just edged it out, and I understand different critics, different times, but I'm like, come on Yeah, now. but it, it is it is a better movie, Homecoming is. Right. Both of the new ones are way better than the original yeah. trilogy in my I will mind. say that for the time was pretty revolutionary because there wasn't a ton of like super popular superhero movies. Yeah, I, if, if I remember correctly, that was like the most popular superhero movie at the time. Right. But yeah. that's easy whenever your competition is Ben Affleck and Daredevil. Yeah. That, <laughs> more on that. Oh my goodness. But anyways, uh, my number three is Holes. Oh yeah. It's the best movie Shia LaBeouf has ever been in that I've seen. John Voight has a flawless performance as Mr. Sir. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just I still quote that movie to this day. It's yeah. a great one. Uh, my number two is Anchorman <laughs> with Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, Steve Carell. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Brick Tamlin has my heart. All of those other <laughs> actors that are only in that style movie. Mm-hmm. Or shows. Cast. Yep. Yes. That whole cast. Yes. Paul Rudd was a, kind of a curveball out of all them, though, because he actually is in yeah. other stuff now. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Ant-Man. He broke free a little bit. A little bit. He's still not Paul much. Rudd. Yeah. But he's not like the over-the-top Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not the... Uh, well, I'm not going to say the name of the perfume. In the right. <laughs> right. He's not that Paul Good Rudd. Call. Um, but my number one favorite movie of all time is Remember the Titans. Mm. Absolutely love that movie. Solid choice. Denzel Washington is also one of my favorite actors. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, fun fact, a lot of this movie was filmed in my hometown. Oh, really? At Barry College. Yeah. So, like, the summer camp that. where they, they're practicing, like, outside with headlights and they're walking in. And that one scene, right. you see the big castle. That's where everyone and their mother in my hometown got their prom pictures. Ah, oh, makes and, perfect and sense. And so, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, holy cow, that part, they say it's in Gettysburg, Virginia. Right. It's really in Rome, Georgia. Right. And then there's, like, a beginning scene that... A guy who was a preacher at my church growing up was in. It was like the beginning mob where they're like fighting and stuff. Yeah. Um, like he was apparently in that scene too. So yeah. there's, but the story is amazing and yeah. I really, really love it. Well, it's so. always it's always funny because if you know the places that these movies are like based on, makes it so much funnier whenever you see like 
the place that they go to yeah, for it. Like they, there's a couple of cameos right. in in those like camp scenes, like yeah. when they're doing the run to where the battle at Gettysburg was. Right. Yeah. They run past the water wheel, which is like a big monument or symbol, whatever you want to call it, at Berry College. Like they run past right. it. <laughs> so gotcha. if you're from that area, you see that like that's. It's not, That's, it's not Virginia. Right. Yeah. It's not Virginia. Yeah. I, I, I quickly learned uh, that aspect of movie magic as a kid because I grew up in Greenville, Alabama, which is where Forrest Gump was supposedly from. And that was a very gorgeous, like, you know, everything in the movie was like, you know, very nice. And where I grew up was very not. <laughs> <laughs> I understand different time frames. Where is this Greenville? But, but that is not... Of. I forget where that was even filmed, but it was not Greenville, Alabama. We can Google yeah. that. We can definitely Google that. Yeah. Um, so now going into my least favorite. I'll go oh, ahead yeah. and go into that so I can kind of rant a little bit. <laughs> so These are just as memorable in some ways. Yes, just as just memorable as a them. waste of my time. And yes. like I told you earlier... <laughs> If I don't like a movie, unless it's like in the theater, yeah, I like turn it off right. and I quit watching it. And so, this was probably just as hard to find as right. my top five yeah. movies of all time. Um, but as you can see from my list, I love a lot of fantasy, superhero movies, um, heartwarming sports stories, um, action movies. Like those are all kind of my niche. Those are the movies yeah. I gravitate towards. Um, and so this one was a very upsetting one for me, and that's Batman versus Superman. Mm. That one was a just an awful movie, a dumpster fire of a movie. It was horrible. It was all rushed because of Marvel Cinematic Universe, and oh yeah, man, they they wanted to cash in on that, but the only cash they made was just by money grabbing people to come see the movie that they're never going to see again. Yeah. So that one was garbage. Justice League isn't good either. The no. the only ones that I kind of like, I liked Aquaman. I thought that was fun. Right. Um, not the best movie, but it, I enjoyed it. Right. And both of the Wonder Woman movies I enjoy. I know that that could be a little bit of a fire starter there saying that, but I mean, right. yeah, I like it. Yeah. And that's, that's that. But the movies I hate the most... <laughs> That I absolutely hate the most are, in particular, The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, and The Dawn Treader. Not Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. That one was good. But right. as someone who has, for the most part, read The Chronicles of Narnia, other than the last few books, um, these were major disappointments. Like, I was yeah. mad throughout the entire Prince Caspian. I don't know why I sat and right. watched it. But it was horrible. Yeah. Once you get to about halfway through the movie, it's nothing like the book. And they add in this weird love interest with Prince Caspian and Susan that wasn't in the book. And this weird feud between him and Peter of who's in charge is like, no, right. that, that wasn't there either. Yeah. Like, they literally don't meet up until right before the battle. Right. Um, I, I vaguely remember those movies, but at that point in time, I hadn't read the books. So, like, I, I wouldn't have known, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Well, it was it was more in the book. It's more of like a heartwarming, feel good story. Right. Whereas the movie, they try to conjure up all this right. drama that's really not there. Right. And it just didn't fit. Yeah. Like the first in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, they added in the battle scene, and that worked. And I was fine right. with that. Yeah. But they they just tried to add too much. And then the Don Shredder, once I got into about 
15, 20 minutes of that when I turned it off because yeah. it was n- completely different off. from the yeah. book to the point to where I was just disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Um, was that your most yeah, hated? Yeah, that okay. was my most okay. hated. I wanted so, to make sure. So not, not a whole I lot I wanted of to make sure it. that I wasn't leaving off any more that you hated more than that. <laughs> no, there, there's nothing <laughs> that's more awful. that I hate than those. It's awful whenever you have a story that you're so excited to see on screen and then it's nothing but that's Nothing that's movies like, right now. Yeah, it is. That is yeah. totally movies. We right have now. to you have to chop stuff up and fit it in, and then you always people prioritize the big memorable moments over the actual meat and potatoes that gives you context of the movies. Yep. So they just want the you know they want the stuff that keeps you like oh I remember that big fight scene I remember the drama whatever it is I remember the joke they played on the commercial yes. every single day three times a day for five months well i will say every will ferrell movie after step yeah there's there's a level of of garbage in commercials and films and tv shows that i hate it works so well but to this day i remember puppy monkey baby that stupid i think it was like a mountain dew commercial yeah i think it was a mountain dew commercial and it was terrifying because it's a puppy monkey baby and it makes no sense and it worked the magic because i still think about it um, we, we should do something like that for church, get people to come. Yeah, I think that'd be... <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely make the news in town. Um, we do it for the opening of our new building, whenever that's completed. Oh, my goodness. It's, you rebrand your youth group, as, and that's the mascot. Perfect. Oh, it's perfect. Perfect. Uh, my most hated ones, um, I put, and I will say it's a loose hate because there's some really good stuff in them. I put the Star Wars prequels on there. It's fair. And it's fair. There's some really good stuff, but I tried binging that one about a month and a half ago. I had like a weekend and I was like, I'm going to watch the prequels and then, you know, so on and so forth. Watch them in like a sitting of three chronologically as they happen. And I could not do it. I had to split up episode one between two nights, right? Like I had to watch like an hour and a half the first night and an hour and a half the second night because whenever you go back like the last time i watched it i didn't remember jar jar binks literally being inserted into every sentence of the movie but you go back and watch it and and they're having this you know super important conversations like it's like what are, <laughs> what are you doing here where were you in this scene i think they just like <laughs> pipe in it's like nba games now they just piped in crowd noise but it was just jar jar binks somewhere around oddly enough that's my favorite of the three prequels <sighs> man there uh, there's so much like there's good parts of it but it's just nostalgia I, is a big part of it for yeah. me though but anyways yeah. um i also <laughs> And this one's unfair to this movie, but I remember this being lauded as a comedy, and then I watched it, and I kept waiting for it to get funny, and I was dumb enough to sit through the whole thing. Spanglish. Do you remember that? I've never seen Spanglish. Okay. I just remember there being a movie with Adam Sandler, and if I hear Adam Sandler, I automatically know what type of film I'm getting. Okay, <laughs> that's so true. And I just expected it to be another one of those. And then it's this like very depressing, sad story, and nothing goes right. And then the movie just ends. And me and my dad watched it together, and we were just sitting there afterwards. And we're like, wait, 
what it ended. There's not like a punchline. <laughs> we expected something to happen that was just a little bit funny, and it never got funny. And every time I see that movie under like a comedy section on like Netflix or Hulu, whatever it's on nowadays, I, it just gets me a little bit mad. Just a little bit mad. <laughs> um, I also have the Green Lantern on there because mm. I watched that one in 3D. <laughs> so that was like a waste of like 13 or $14 for absolutely nothing that, that in was return. A, that was a weird time in film. It Remember was. when 3D was – it was like there was HD – and then it was 3D. Like you go to all the movies were 3D. Yeah, yeah. You get 3D TVs. And and what was the college football national championship oh, was yeah. in 3D? Yeah. One year. I, and I don't. I didn't even like see what they did for that. What was even special about that? Like, how did they do it? I like think, now they do it in like VR and stuff. And I, I think I, I that's get it the. To a I think that's extent. the thing. Is it just? It was supposed to pop out at you, right? But yeah. I don't really think it, gonna... it was weird. When it's not Shark Boy and <laughs> it's, Lava Girl, it's just it like, doesn't work. I assume it was just like the ESPN logo like rotating to you. It had to have oh, been. Oh, like because... on when, when you're watching it online and it's just that jingle, the good, yes. the guitar band the whole time. Yes, <laughs> exactly logo that. Yes. Spinning around. I um, Man, it, yeah, that was a weird time for because then, like you said, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, they just made it like, Literally, just to really emphasize that for kids, like, whoa, I'm about to touch you. Yeah, was, like we, my first retreat oh. here was 3D, and so we watched The Creature of the Black Lagoon, which it was right actually probably one of the better 3D movies I've seen because <laughs> I expected it to be stupid. Right, yeah. Well, and that works whenever you're like, oh, it's going to be campy. It's going to mm-hmm. be campy, but, uh, and, and then I have. One that a lot of people disagree with me on, but I think that they just don't like the series enough. And I think they just like fun fun things to watch. Rise of Skywalker is one of the worst movies of all time, and you can't tell me otherwise. I just hate it. And once again, we could do a whole episode on Star Wars, so I'm not going to get into it. But I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, there, there's a part of the new Star Wars. I did not put this on my most hated list. I, I didn't love them, right? But, but there's just a part of it that it was just. And we t- had this conversation earlier where it's so hard now if you don't have ten or twenty movies surrounding it to fit all the story oh, into yeah. that allotted yeah. time. It's so hard to do that. And where it did work with the other trilogies, I think I, I just. It just for me, it didn't work, yeah. and that's fine. I'll I'll go back and watch maybe the the first two of that new trilogy. But yeah, I'm with you. The last one, I probably won't sit down and watch yeah. ever again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm done talking about it. It'll <laughs> okay. put me in a bad mood going forward. Okay. Well, yeah. For this let's let's move on. Yeah, let's move on with the conversation <laughs> because um, I've actually been watching some videos on this recently and really looking into some of these aspects of, of how, you know, movies and what we watch is important. And and the first question of our two-question discussion being, you know, what do movies we watch say about us? Like, what our likes and dislikes on them and, and why we enjoy them, I think, speak volumes into, mm-hmm. you know, ourselves. Right. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think of, what I've specifically watched recently that I could kind of pull from. Um, 
but uh, the most recent thing in my head, and it was almost drilled into my head, was was Harry Potter. So I'm going to avoid talking about that because that's actually in, uh, something else I want to mention. But um, I don't know. It's interesting whenever you think about that because it's one of those things we've always heard, at least growing up, you know, whether it was from my grandparents, my parents, youth ministers, you know, someone that ministered to me or, you know, was a mentor. It was always... What goes in comes out, you know. I forget what the exact saying is, but you know it. Yeah. If you've ever heard it, you immediately know it because it was probably trilled into your head, mm-hmm. you know. So um, here here lately, though, I try to not watch anything that's too dark anymore. Just overly dark, just mean. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though? Oh, yeah. They're like, they're like either comedies that are just extremely disparaging to people or... You know, something of that matter, um, or comedies that just drill really hard on one specific issue and, you know, you know, make someone else feel stupid. So I try and not focus on anything that's just overly negative, um, but also overly dark. I, f- <laughs> I found myself really being freaked out after me and uh, Shay watched some extremely terrifying horror movies and horror series. Oh, yeah. And it just put me in an unsettled mindset. And so <laughs> since then, I have uh, sworn off of anything that's just too creepy for me. <laughs> because I'm just like, man, I'm I'm out. I'm out. It just puts you in a bad mindset. It's hard to oh, focus yeah. then. I'm, I'm right there with you. Megan loves watching these like things that are weird. Yeah. Because they fascinate her. Right. And I remember specifically she wanted to watch A Handmaid's Tale. And that, I know that's not a movie. Right. But, but that just disgusted, like, of how yes. dark it was. Like, I get oh, yeah. it. I can kind of see hurt and pain, and I can deal with that watching it on TV. But there was just an aspect of that. And also with horror movies that yeah. I just don't enjoy. I don't enjoy movies about demonic things yeah it's exactly just, it's not my cup of tea yeah <laughs> i just don't I just, like it exactly it's just oh and then the last thing that i'm trying to focus on which i have actually gotten better about this was i had to have a uh pretty much like a personal come to jesus because for the longest time i had swore off of anything that was sad and i was just and my entire mindset was there's enough sad things in the real world. I, mm-hmm. I don't need to watch a movie that just makes me sad. And then I was, you know, I got to a point that, like, I just swore off of so many good films that had sad aspects to them. And it got to where I was only watching meaningless comedies. <laughs> it was like I went through all the Will Ferrell movies before I ever touched anything that had real meaning. Because any <laughs> film that has real meaning is going to give you a wide range of emotions throughout because if you want to be happy, if you want you know, like, you have to go through some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And so does a character in a movie. So I had to, like, re-gear myself to get past that of, like, I don't want to watch anything sad. Um, yeah, that's that's the immediate thing that comes to my mind. That's really interesting. Yeah, because, in my opinion, if, if we like a movie, it's because we connect to it in some type of way. Right. And... and and they do this in movies, like Harry Potter, at the very beginning, like when he, 
goes into this new world, we're seeing the new world through Harry's eyes. Right. And he's asking questions that we're wondering. And so we like the movies because we see ourselves in these movies. Yes. And we project ourselves in these movies. And so the values and what it's about and the emotions that we feel, I think, validate who we are and what we feel. Right. And so, I mean, for example, and I hate to do some CPE on you right now, as Megan says, but not wanting to deal with emotions. Like if you look into that deep enough and that the only movies that you watch are funny movies that are shallow in meaning, but are something that you can just like turn on to to laugh. Like I feel like I catch myself doing that a lot of times and a lot of people just even with like TV in general. We'll just throw something on to make noise. Yeah. But but that says something, and it begs the question of, okay, why am I avoiding these emotions? Yeah. What am I trying to avoid? Why am I trying to avoid being sad? Why am I avoid trying to be mad? 100%. So it's – and when we look at it that way, it does – it's not as something of, I think, the phrase – I think where the soil that phrase comes from of – what you watch comes out or what goes in right. comes out. Um, it's comes from kind of like the shameful thing of, hey, we want you to watch good stuff so you can be a good person. But right. I don't think the teachings of Jesus really go along with that per se. Right. Because in Luke, and I have it pulled up here in Luke 6, he says, um, the good person out of the good treasure of their heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasures produces evil for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks so it's actually the other way around it's what's going on inside that we project not what's coming in Mm. per se and so when we watch certain movies or depending on like the types of stories that we enjoy watching it it reflects what's going on in our hearts yeah exactly that is a which when i like heard that and that hit for the first time i was like Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, like, I heard one YouTuber say this. I forget her name, but we watched her video yesterday, uh, or a little bit right. of it. Um, and she argues that we connect to certain messages, dreams, ideals, and values. And this says stuff about us as individuals, and it says stuff about us as a society, as a culture. Right. So that's that's pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% where I was coming through with um, not watching any sad movies. I was just over it. I just wanted like a, I just wanted a happy Band-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> because I, at the time, whenever I was having that situation, I was just extremely stressed out. And I didn't want to think about what I had going on. And so I didn't want anything that was close to home. I just wanted whatever yeah. was easiest to digest in mm-hmm. a way. Whenever it came to what I was watching, so yeah, I 100% believe that's spot on. Oh yeah, um, and I, I look at my movies, and and I see a lot of hero movies, right? And so I look at that and seeing how I want to be, and, and even me as a kid, like you asked me who my favorite character was, like my favorite Power Ranger, yeah, it's Red Ranger. Oh, why? Because he was the leader. He yeah. was the one in charge. He was, yes. you know, the one up front. Um, Star Wars favorite character, Luke Skywalker. You know. Um, holes. Mm, we'll come back to that one. That was just a hilarious movie. <laughs> Madame Zeroni, um, right? But yeah, 
Adams around. Oh my goodness. It's close enough to Christmas time, by the way, I, not to interrupt anything that, yeah. you know, but Madame Zeroni was the original Catwoman. No way. And she was also the same person that sang um, Santa Baby. Wow. Yeah. So since it's just past Christmas, that was fresh on my mind. Let me double check that. My Because that's a big that, claim. That but is I'm, a... I'm, my I'm mind just exploded sure. from that knowledge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's I amazing. have to double check I absolutely this. love that. But, but again, like Spider-Man, Peter Parker. I wanted to be Spider-Man. I wanted to be Peter Parker, you know? And so that, that shows a message of myself or an image of myself like this is what I want to be portrayed as or this is the type of stuff I can get behind, right? Yeah. Um, but also, like, even though that I can be critical of myself with that, it also shows that, you know, for me, I do have a desire to be a good person. I do have a desire to help people. Like, two of these movies that I really like have to do with, you know, issues with race and right. and unity and wanting to, you know, solve those issues. And so even though I have a lot of work to do in those areas personally, right? Um, and I think we do as well as a culture, oh, yeah. um, it gives me some hope because that, that is what has been on my heart since I was little. Yeah. And so that, that is, there's some encouragement to that, but it's, also, like doing this stuff is kind of hard. Being critical is hard, but but that is why we're talking about right. it. That's why we're having a conversation yep. about it. Hundred percent. Well, um, you were also very involved with sports, and so a sports movie yep. would immediately resonate more with you because you've been in certain situations that would be similar. Oh yeah, you know. But then on top of that, you think about the amount of teamwork and relying on people that goes into that, uh-huh. and that aspect through you know mm. if you wanted to say race and you know the relations of a team and having to be more than any of that stuff putting it to the side and saying hey we're you know in this together yeah and that brings a lot of people closer in whenever you realize how much people have your back in that scenario yeah. when, when you have a shared goal and a shared struggle it, yeah. it's a lot easier to reconcile differences and start working towards that goal together yeah. if, if it's um in the right environment 100%. the environment is good uh, but moving on to the next question is, you know, with all that being said, how did these things influence our faith as individuals? And I would also say our faith as followers of Jesus, like as the church, like the movies and the media that we consume when it comes to movies and the big screen. Right. You know, how does that influence our faith and what does that say about what what our values are and what we believe in? Yeah. Well, I I guess I'll go ahead. Um, So I was trying to think of something that really just pertained to my faith um, in a way that, you know, I could could think to express it in a movie format because originally I was kind of struggling to think about it. And it's a great question, but I was just personally trying to wrap my head around how I wanted to approach it. Um, But for me, I realized that I really loved a lot of fantasy movies and almost the way you're transported to a different world um, and it takes you out of yours and you can focus on something. I mean, it's the same reason that, you know, a good fantasy novel is amazing and it takes you out of whatever you're in and, you know, into something different. Um, But I realized that with my personal faith, I was going not away from it, but I wasn't nearly as interested in my personal faith as I was in what I was up to. And, you know, for me, that was 
you know, some of the fantasy novels or movies that I read or enjoyed, you know, and I was way more interested in that at times. Um, and, and the friendships that I had based around common interests, whether it be Star Wars, whether it be Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. And I realized that I was way more interested in that on a day-to-day basis than I was my own faith. And, um, so at one point I was probably, I don't know, around 15, I guess, I really realized that my personal um, relationship was lacking in a way that I wasn't excited about faith um, in a way that I wanted to be. And so um, I almost applied the way I read or watched movies and book series the same way that I would approach, you know, my faith and, you know, reading the Bible and I enjoyed it a lot more whenever I said, okay, like step back and kind of look at the settings of this and just Mm -hmm. imagine some of the, you know, the pictures in your head, you know, like that imagery, you know, putting yourself in that time and place and not just reading it as some old book that happened, but being able to say, oh, wow, I can really see myself in this. Because I think that's why people got so wrapped up in Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter was because, like you mentioned, you can see yourself a lot in Harry Potter if you watch through the series, you know. Uh, and you can do the same with Frodo in Lord of the Rings. And so that's kind of what I did, you know, because you're transported into that world and then you have all these characters around and you have this great mission. And I really think about in Lord of the Rings whenever um, Frodo is being carried up by Samwise Gamgee, one of the greatest characters ever. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Rudy. Shout out Rudy. to Rudy. <laughs> How ironic that he's carrying that character when in Rudy he's being carried. Continue. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And um, and so I thought about him being carried up Mount Mordor to throw the ring over in. And just the struggle of Frodo and how easy it is to look at your own burdens with the burden that Frodo was carrying and how rough of a time it was for him. But he had people around him that loved him and had the same common goal and how much that pushed him to do better and, you know, how much he relied on people, you know. And it was kind of the same way that I had to be like, oh, maybe I'm not doing that with my friends. Mm. Maybe I'm not doing that, you know, because... You know, you look at the writers of these books and movies, you know, and their adaptations. Um, It's easy to be like, okay, well, who wrote this or who directed this? And you see, oh, it was this person. Oh, they they have a really strong faith, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And there's a lot of really heavy overtones. And uh, I did the same thing with Harry Potter. And going back and watching it, I realized um, that I, I saw the tombstones whenever Harry and Hermione go back to Godric's Hollow. So if if you haven't watched Harry Potter or read it, then you might be a little bit off. <laughs> but whenever they go back to Godric's Hollow and they look at the graves of Harry's parents and then Dumbledore's mom and sister, and then on, I wrote it down so I would remember it, um, but on uh, Harry's parents' tombstone, it's uh, Corinthian's, 1526. Could you pull that up? Yeah. Um, I know that you have it on your phone. Is it 1 Corinthians? Yeah. 
First Corinthians, sorry. <laughs> First Corinthians fifteen twenty six. Let's see here. Um, that's twenty five. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then um, on Alba Stumbledore's family, it was uh, Matthew six nineteen. All right, Matthew six nineteen. And that one is. Do not, yep. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Yeah, and it's that last bit. It's just uh, on the tombstone. It's uh, where your heart is. There, your treasure will be also. Uh, on Dumbledore's family, and I thought that was so cool because it's almost like the whole thing summed up. <laughs> because it's because it's Harry's, you know, like Harry's mom, literally is the reason that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. And then you flip over to the end and everything that's gone on and what Dumbledore and Snape and all these other characters did to even preserve it to where Harry could get there. I won't go any deeper into it, but. It's it's a lot, and I really thought about like s- stepping back and seeing it. I realized how important those characters were to me. Whenever you look through it yourself, and that's why it's so easy to connect with those two films in particular. And um, it just really made me think about you know growing up, what I could do to do more things for people around me in a way. Uh, whenever I looked at those characters and realized how the characters that I love so much were the characters that we all can strive to be mm-hmm. it was a lot easier to wrap my head around it then that's um, cool i and, never and noticed personal, that yeah about the the tombstones yeah um it's it's pretty interesting it doesn't have them uh written directly on there but it's those are the quotes in different versions depending on which version you have if you were reading through the bible hmm. um that's cool and and just a little tidbit jk rowling never put anything in there until that which happens in deathly hallows so the last book or the first to last movie she didn't put anything overtly like like straight up christian in the theme because she knew if she did that then you would immediately guess the ending and what happened Mm -hmm. so she didn't mention any of that stuff until the very end nice because she said it follows so closely you know kind of with like a, a christian story arc that you would kind of be like oh this is what happens mm-hmm. so that's why that it, it didn't come along until the last book and the first to last movie um but yeah I, I went heavy into fantasy whenever i think about what movies i love that you know are just still close to me and that i can continually think on and so that's what i did for um kind of renewing my faith at different times and just kind of focusing on that and you know re-upping and remembering that I could step out and kind of look at it subjectively and almost where you fit in the storyline of the Bible, you know, in your, in your personal reading. Oh yeah. Um, because you can tie anything in and immediately, you know, your life. That's what this whole podcast is about. Like You know, your own story. And so wherever you see your story sitting beside another story, that's so similar, you just, you can automatically say, Oh, I know that feeling. I know where I am in that story. For sure. Yeah, and that and that I think is the good of it, but but I've kind of been exposed lately to the negative parts of what, you know, 
maybe like bad or certain character traits that we see as good that are actually bad. So like right. what I think of is is kind of like the John Wayne esque or Shia LaBeouf and Transformers esque <laughs> main characters. Oh, no. Yeah, that are like you know having to do it like stubborn, having to do it all themselves. Yeah. Um, or if you look at old movies and even some like newer movies, is like how women are portrayed oh, yeah. and, and how it's like helpless or they, they always need help from someone else or, you know, they're not as smart as some of the other characters. Right. Um, that then is reflected in our culture and how we view other people. 100%. And, and that's in many ways, I think, is infiltrated into the church and our faith is because we we see this on screens and in stories that that we enjoy and so we automatically it bleeds out into everything else that we're doing and all the other people that that we come in contact with and that we see yeah and so that like those good stories like lord of the rings or harry potter chronicles of narnia um star wars like there there's tons of great stories out there but then there's also like the movies that are popular that are just poop they're just bad you know and and there's you know they they portray a message that you know may not be the best or maybe is shallow and or maybe it's just like a fun movie to watch per se and it's real easy to not see those things on the surface because you're just like oh man look at that explosion yeah or oh man look at this uh the graphics or or the CGI in this, like yeah. wow, it's amazing, but and all of that can kind of distract us from what the the skeleton of all that is, because the rest of that is just like added bonus, yeah, to to the story and and visually entertaining yeah, to the 100%. eye, but but what looking at what is going on because that does influence the way that we read scripture, it does influence the way that we treat other people, um, and so. You know, I think that's why it's so important that we do root ourselves in the story of Scripture because then we're able to discern from all these other stories that we're taking right. in and say, okay, that's good. That that one's kind of murky. I don't know about that one. You have to think about that one a little bit. Or nope, this doesn't go along with right. with it at all. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, if if you don't mind me commenting, but um, I feel like. Nowadays, we've almost been so far around the loop of things you can do, and and we've circled back to. I mean, you think about Star Wars, and it's been circled back to so many times. It's a popular franchise, mm-hmm. but we have these like really big ones, and then um, stories that wouldn't be as popular in general from books that might get movie adaptations that are uh, you know fantasy based or you know action, sci fi, thriller, whatever, but. It's a lot more common nowadays, I think, to enjoy or watch a movie that connects more with whoever you are as a regular person um, because you want to see something that you feel you can connect with or you want to watch something that you feel it's like, oh, it's funny because they did this thing and I would never do that, but it was you know, kind of yeah. propped up like a regular human being. You know, I mean, there's those... there's ridiculous tv shows like that which i'm i think we're going to do a tv show episode yeah we we are going to do right so i won't get into them but you can immediately 
know in your head like the main ones that you would talk about and in those there's a ton of uh what what in those is poses more of a normality that's completely unnatural Mm -hmm. you know just to like your everyday life i mean things are dressed up to be so you know easy to do things are dressed up to be so normal in day-to-day you know just whatever you're going about nonchalantly and uh they don't really focus on oh hey i'm sad hey i'm angry about something it's just this happens and then it's oh nothing to me i'm done with it on to the next you know on to the next thing and so i feel like nowadays you see scenarios in movies where it's made so common for things to happen but it's really not and it's kind of hard to process because then you have this almost it digs into your self-worth like oh i couldn't do that you know i couldn't just you know i can't always be happy why can't i always be happy Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's really hard for some people because the expectations you put on yourself through seeing someone else do something i mean it's the same thing with social media it's always dressed up you know what people do is always dressed up you don't see the bad you only see the good for sure and that's what happens whenever you're trying to fit something into a two and a half hour time frame yeah into a movie and And it's even harder to do now that our attention spans are shorter right yeah and so you got to make sure it's big and flashy and you can you like you want to watch it because if it's not interesting within i think someone i think jeremy said this our um lead pastor here at the church we work at um may have been him or or seth i can't remember but with the Gen Z, I think is who it is, which I would say would be about the same for millennials as well. Right. If they don't find it interesting within the first five seconds, or if they're not good at it or enjoy it within the first five seconds, they're on to the next thing. 100%. And so that a lot of movies are, are having to adapt to that. And Okay, how can yeah. we be big and um, draw in people? Yeah, 100%. And keep their attention. 100%. So that way with a ton of stuff, I mean, this is just completely random, but you know, it's like golf's not very popular nowadays. And I understand there's limitations <clears> within, you know, golf is expensive to play, but also golf takes a lot of work to be good at. Oh yeah. If you're six, seven, you're probably going to be good at basketball. I'll go ahead and tell you, you have a better chance than I do. Right. <laughs> so we want to find those things that we're immediately good at or that we immediately resonate with in an interesting way, you know. Um, yeah. We don't so, like to sit with things. Yeah, 100%. We don't, we don't like to sit and be critical with things anymore right. as much. Yeah, and it's like we talked about earlier. You always want some kind of uh, volume, something going on in the room. You know, we just put something on in the background, and we might not mm-hmm. notice how it's affecting our psyche and stuff. That's 100%, you know, just what we do with life, man. It's we just have to have something going. Oh yeah, we just can't stop and you know just be calm and listen and <laughs> reflect. We always have to have something for sure. Well, we're running pretty low on time here, so Mixon, do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off? Ah, uh, man, I'm trying to think. I would probably say, um, watch a movie that um not not exactly that people recommend but one that you think might be a good movie that might be a little bit out of your comfort zone of what you like i'm not saying i only like puppies in my movies so i'm gonna go watch one with a demon i'm not saying that yeah but you know it venture out a little bit (laughs) put something on that might be you know happy or sad 
but it'll make or you challenging. think and reflect. Exactly. Yeah. Something different than the norm. Because um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this during the uh, TV show episode. I'm going to save what I was about to say. So uh, other than that, have a good week. Yeah. Hope you enjoy the episode. My, my challenge would be do, do like we did and write down some of your favorite movies. They don't have to be in order. Just some of the first few that come to your mind. If you can't think of any, do like Mixon and I did. Text your siblings if you have yes. any siblings or your parents or your yeah. your friends. And be like, hey, you know me. What movies do I like? Because yes. <laughs> it can be kind of challenging to think of it, or at least it was for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but Great nostalgia trip. But yeah, write those down and then write down what you think those movies are about. And really sit and reflect with, okay... Why Why do I think these values are important? Why do I think right. this story is important? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But just really sit and, and be critical in a graceful way. Like, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Um, but but really just sit down and, and reflect on why you watch, why we watch the movies that we do, and what are the messages of those movies and the values and the dreams and the ideas of those um, flicks yeah. say about us. Yeah. And so it's hard work, but it's good work. Yeah. And it's, it's work that's needed. Well, all right. Well, thank you again, everyone, for tuning into the podcast. If no one said this to you today, I'll go ahead and say it to you. We love you. We appreciate you listening in. And we'll catch you next time on the Stories That Shape Us podcast. Have a good one.